0: Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.
1: Subscribe to the Astros Podcast.
0: Joined by Justin Verlander getting the ball on opening day.
1: Steve Sparks here and I'm with Lance McCuller. Tons of interviews.
0: Robert Ford joined by Michael Brantley. Alex Bregman. Carlos Correa returning to the lineup today. Highlights. That
1: is line in the right field
0: and that's going to get down for a base hit. High deep and it's going. Follow your favorite team. Out. See you later.
2: See you
3: later. See you later. headed back to the World Series.
0: All season long. A Bob Z at home plate. Subscribe to the Astros podcast. We
1: definitely love playing in front
2: of our fans in minute park. part. For the H.
0: They never said it would be easy. This is the Houston Astros radio network. Back to Astropod, the official podcast of the Houston Astros.
2: AstroPod comes your way. Bill Brown and Cheo Cruz, two old timers. Cheo, you don't feel
4: old, do you? Well, I don't, you know what? Tell you the truth, Bill, I don't consider myself an old timer. I'm still young and still strong, and uh, I thank God because you know I continue being healthy. And maybe it's a secret that I have because uh, you know working with my grandkids. I guess when you work with the young kids, you still you know continue being a young guy. I'm pretty lucky. I'm pretty lucky that I, you know, I I got my kid and my grandkid and everybody doing okay. So that's the main thing for me right now. So far. Speaking of grandkids, how about Trey? He's going into professional baseball now. Yeah, well, thinking that he's going to go with the Astros, but they went to Detroit Tigers. So we're happy for him and and everybody's happy. I thinking he's going to get a chance to play over there. Uh, with, you know, with the pandemic, that's the only problem. Yeah, I mean, nobody knows what's going to happen with the guys from on, on the minor league. But I, I think uh, pretty soon uh, he's going to get the call uh, where he's going to be reporting. And, uh, uh, it's crazy. He's waiting for, to report to the team wherever he's going to go. So we see. Let's go back, Cheo, to the very beginning
2: of your major league career with the St. Louis Cardinals. What do you remember about that when you first came
4: up? Well. I remember when I got that call, I wasn't playing triple eight to make it quick. I was in triple eight, and uh, I do pretty good in the doubleheader, and in uh, the middle of the night, Waterspan, he was my manager there. I remember Waterspan, the Hall of Fame, Milesti, and uh, about, I don't know, maybe 12 club or something. They come out each You know what St. Louis wants you? They want you to go to St. Louis. I said, what? I just got a good game today. How, how are you going to go? I want to stay here. But they know you're going to go to the Big League. You're going to be playing over there. So I packed my thing in the morning, I left, I went to St. Louis, and we started in Philadelphia. I was over there my first game. I remember now, I think I faced in the Fryman. It was a left-handed pitcher, I don't know if you remember that. Big, big lefty. Yeah, Woody Fryman. Woody Fryman. I faced in, and I think I got one hit, one, one fire bad, I think it was. But I know that I got my one, one hit, first hit that day. I was tired, I don't know how to do it because, you know, I was traveling. And then I had to go around to find the, you know, to, the, the door for getting to the ballpark that day. I got laid there. Right. I'm glad I make it. I make it. And That was 1970. That was 50 years ago, Joe. No way. Well, yeah, that was 1970. And it's amazing, you know, that I remember that. But I hit about, I think I hit about 353. I got six and sixes and 17 at bat. That was my first chance in the big league. You're right. I forgot about, because I got sent down back to the minor league. In the 71, when we come back to spin training, I don't play that much on the spin train. Those days, St. Louis I got a pretty good team, pretty good players in the outfield. And, you know, I don't have a chance to play, but I went back to the minor league that year. I, I do pretty good. I hit about 327 with 17 homers and a lot of RBIs and a lot of stolen base, and they called me. I leave everything in the minor league. I never come back because. I say, I don't want to go back to the big, I need my car, old car that I bought, my clothes and everything, never look back at the minor league. That's the time that I stayed in the big league for uh, all my career in St. Louis, that I stayed four years in the big leagues, and then I I got traded to the Astros, and history, I've been here all my life in Houston, Texas. And uh, we're very happy you have. Now, you were 22 when you came up,
2: Mm -hmm. and you were 40 at the end of your career with the Yankees. That is a long career. You talked about staying in good condition. Uh, Were you always a physical fitness addict? Did you work out a lot all the way down the line?
4: Well, yes, remember that those days I had to play in the winter league in Puerto Rico. I played, you know, here in the United States, and then I went back to play in the winter league in Puerto Rico. And I think that was, uh, I could have been playing more here. I could have been playing maybe three more years, probably, because when I I get out of there, I was in good shape. Even when I was with the Yankees, I had 98, I got hurt. My my first, I got hit with the land right right in my leg and slowed me down for a little bit. And I stayed out for maybe a couple of two, three or four weeks. And uh, when I come back, you know, it was hard for me because uh, the Yankees, you know, they have a pretty good team. and they don't give me enough chance. I do pretty good in spring training. I, have, I think I have my best at spring training ever with the Yankees in 1988. But they have a lot of guys that make a lot of money. And I was a free agent, I'm invited to make the team. I'm glad that I do pretty good. I made the team that year. And uh, that's what's when that was so cold in New York that my leg went... I don't know what's happened to my late there, That there was I don't I don't think I take care of myself too good for that day, and my late and they were the cold weather there. I cannot play that good, but I was a pinch hitter later on and, and do pretty good. My last season them there. I remember, it was a home run, grand slam. My last hit for the Yankees. Last that, hit as a major leaguer it was a grand slam. Grand slam with the Yankees and Yankees Stadium, and. Uh, and, I, and then next day I played one game and then I, I hit the ball pretty good. I think it went out for three. And then when we went to the Kansas City. And uh, that day I think it was uh, Lupinella take over of Billy Martin because Billy got fired and Lupinella take over. And uh, Lupinella want me to go to Minor League, you know, to some about whatever. I said no, man. I don't want to go to Minor League. I play enough in the Minor League. I want to, I want to stay here in the Big Leagues. I don't play in the Big league, I don't want to go nowhere. So that was behind in my career and with the Yankees. And I think it was in July after the hotel break. You know, another amazing thing about your career is that your two
2: brothers were in the outfield with you in St. Louis. How many games did you guys play with all three of you playing the outfield? Well,
4: you know what? The only chance that we have, in the, that was in a spring training, that we played together, uh, all three. We do pretty good. I, I remember now that because we played against New York Mets. And... We, I think we got about six or seven hits between all three, because we play in the outfield. I think I played that year. I played center field. And my brother played. I think it had Hector play left field. I mean, Tommy got played left field and Hector play right field. And I remember that we do pretty good of all three. That's the only chance we have in the big league together. That's a long time, man. Yeah. Well, when you came to Houston,
2: you were 27 years old in 1975. And the Astros were not a good team then, but you had a chance to play, and play you did, man. You played a lot down through the years. You just, you were one of those guys who played better
4: when you were playing every day, weren't you? Well, yes. You know, I, I, I'm glad that I, that I. think that was the best happened to me that year because I was playing the winner league, and then when I when the St. Louis, well, I got trade. I got. I'm sorry, I got trade from that. I pitched, and that, I think it was twenty five thousand dollars. I think I got a trade with Claudio Austin. Remember Austin, the lefty? Yes, yes. That was, that was the guy that I got trade. But I think, it, you know, for me, that was the best thing that happened, that I, you know, I got to be an Astros and never want to get out of here. I just want to stay forever in my, you know, Houston. This is my home. Now, you know, I play almost my career here, and, uh, and the people were so great to me here. And, and my boy, you know, my kid, they grow here in Texas. So, I think that was the best decision I ever make to stay here in Houston. And
2: this is your 37th year with the Astros. It can't seem like 37
4: years, right? That's just crazy. I tell you that the time went quick. I tell you, you know, it's 20, 37 years. You know, It was a 13 as a coach. I mean, I mean, 13 as a player, 13 as a coach. Now I've been working. The, my last year here was in. As a coach, 2009. So now I'm still working. You know, first couple of years I wasn't, you know, like a a, special assistant, well, assistant GM for a little bit. And then I went back to working with the community and, uh, was relation with the team uh, when you when you came to the
2: Astros and you really blossomed and we've talked about this in the past that, that you know the Astrodome was perfect for your hitting style but then you made yourself even better you were chopping down on the ball they called you chop chop you'd You'd hit those chopping <laughs> doubles over the third baseman's head. And that's something you really had to work on in batting practice, right? That's right.
4: You, you, you remember, let me tell you My first year I was a pool hitter. When I was in St. Louis, I was a pool hitter. And then when I come here to the the Astrodome, I say, Oh my God, this is a big ballpark. So I, I would listen to uh, Peter, uh, Rossi Rossi Style, they were talking about, you know, Pete was talking about, man, hey, how are you hitting this ballpark? Rossi Tower said, Well, you know, Pete, I I I I changed my, my swing a little bit. I, I split the ball around, hit left field, center field, right field a little bit. So I listened to that. I went to the batting cages indoor with Tony Pacheco, and walked my stroke to hit the ball opposite way more to left field. And that's one reason that I stayed a long time with the Houston. Because I come out to be a 300 hitter, and I'm better hitter. And you know, I was hitting it in the clutch because uh, I would hit more ball the opposite way more. And uh, you know, that worked out pretty good to me. I said to myself, I want to play. You know, if so I want to stay a long time in the big league, I gotta hit at least close to 300, 290 to 300. And I, you know, hit about six times 300. So the only thing was, uh, you know what? Uh, I don't make it. Let me tell you this about that. Now, the only thing I don't make more hostile games because I, I, I was a late. You know, in the season I started hitting late. The second half I was a better hitter. For my first yeah. half." I never hit too good, but my second half, I hit better. And I I make only two All-Star games. I couldn't make about maybe four All-Star games.
2: You had a really big year in 1977, hit 299, 17 homers, 87 runs batted in. You led the league in sacrifice flies with 10 sacrifice flies. You really learned how to hit in situations, didn't you, to drive in those runs?
4: Well, yes, I always check, you know, sometimes when they're bringing somebody from the bullpen and, and you know, I make my, my mind that I don't want to try to pull it. Only in situations that they get tie or whatever, I might be going for one piece so I can hit it out home runs. And sometimes it worked out pretty good to me, but, you know, it, it was a big ballpark. You got to crouch it to hit it out the ballpark. I mean, I was, uh, you know, maybe, you know, I consider myself I was a power hitter, but I changed my stroke and then I come out better hitter. And help the team more, being a better hitter and hit in the clutch situation. Those days, we don't score that many, that many runs. We win games uh, sometimes two to one, three to two, and and you see that those years they are, we lead the team in RBI with 90 RBI, 95, and uh, well, that many guys they got over 100 RBI. So you check those those years. The, you know the leading the leading RBI was um, the one that. Crazy like now, 100 RBI or sometimes 112 RBI, maybe. One year, I remember Bob Watson, the lead that team in RBI. I think it was 110 RBI, but a lot of those RBI that Bob Watson had, I was in base when he was driving me home. You know, I can say the those years that I faced a lot of good pitchers, and uh, a lot of those guys that I faced, are in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, you, you got to be a good hitter to, to face those guys. You don't make an adjustment, so you're gonna be in trouble. You don't stay in the big league a long time like I stay. Stay almost, eight, almost 18 years in the big league. So I think uh, when you play that long, you know you gotta be lucky that you don't get hurt. Or you do good when you stay that, that long. Not that many like Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan stayed in the big league about 20 something years, 26 yeah. maybe. Like Pete Rose, yeah. stayed about 26 and. I remember Gene Katz in those years. I mean, Gene Katz stayed a long time in the big lead. It was Moyer, Lefty. A lot of guys stayed, you know, except, you know, that was only pitchers. And few hitters like Hank Aydon, that stayed a long time, Willie Mason, all those guys.
2: Remember that story you told me one time about how you were not in the starting lineup against left-handers all that much? I think it was <laughs> Enos even...
4: Cabell who said to you, well, go in and talk to Bill Burden about it. Well, I say... Man, I tell you, I, I think a build not gonna play me today. I mean, the, against the lefty. Well, I was platoon player first, and then when I when I told him about that that I facing lefty, I hit lefty pretty good. I say, well, you got you wanna play against lefty? Okay, I am gonna play you against lefty. You play tomorrow. But, and they say, well, you know who picking tomorrow? Stick the cartoon i said well i don't <laughs> care i face anybody so guess what first i bat, i hit a home run against stick <laughs> and that was his story i, I looking at him when i hit the home run i looking at him and he was laughing and looking at bill so after that i played against everybody that was that was my my, my lucky days that i faced a tough pitcher, one of the best hall of fame i was lo- lucky i was lucky you know all my my life i consider myself that i was lucky to be able to play and enjoy the game. That's the main thing. I I have a great time playing, and I show that I, I want to be there every day to play the game.
2: How about 1980? That was one of your best years. You hit 302, 11 homers, 91 runs batted in. You were third in the MVP voting, and you were 32 years old, so right in the prime of your career. But as a team, you guys were in great shape you led the Dodgers by three games with three games to play. Went out to LA, got swept in three very close ball games. So now you have a one-game playoff to see if you go on and meet the Phillies in the NLCS. And uh, we've heard various stories about your little pre-game routine. You, you've never really, you've never really confessed to what you actually did in there. But I've heard people say that you did some dancing on a table before the game. Is that correct?
4: Well, yes, I had to, you know, wake everybody up after we lost those three games. I had to, you know, do one of those things on the, the top of the table, dancing a little bit, making everybody laugh and have a good time. And and sometimes they work out pretty good. Sometimes I hit the table with the bat too. Hard to make everybody get a little angry with me. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> they, wanted, they wanted, hey, man. But, you know, that's part of that. I just wanted everybody to have a good time and play the game the way we're supposed to play, for win. And uh, I'm glad that we won that game. I know that Joe Nicko was pitching and Joe Nicko was dealing with that knockable. And uh, we beat the Dodgers. So that's, that was that was a good way to cope with those guys, me dancing on the table with no clothes. Can you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can because I've heard it from a number of people. <laughs> well, I will cover, well, I will cover myself with something, you know, a little sanitary around me. Like an Indian guy, you know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. the Indian who used to do it. <laughs> well,
2: um, and I was told that your teammates all took the field laughing after that. And it really loosened up the team. And you guys obviously played a heck of a game. You won it 7-1 and went on to to meet the Phillies. So that probably really helped you guys uh, with your attitude and your feeling of, that this team is going to pull together and have
4: some fun. That's right. You know, And when we went to the Philadelphia, you know, I couldn't do that too. So see, I wouldn't know that. I couldn't do that again Then we maybe beat the, the Philadelphia Phillies. We <laughs> played pretty good. That was, I think that was the best series ever. That was to terrific. Play, you know, in the playoff. I think uh, Nolan Ryan was Super there too. Break the two was good. Ball never was good. Everybody was good, but you know, it was, it was few mistakes that we make running the base or whatever. But you know, that's part of the game. We don't want to right. say anything about that. When we lose, we lose. So we don't want to put any right. excuses that, or that we play good. And, but like I say, it was better luck for Philadelphia that year. Now, your buddy Art House
2: said that you used to have uh, very good ball games. If you would kiss his bald head before the game, is there any truth to that?
4: Well, out how how it's always a lot of superstition there. When he went to, you know, a little slum. I see, you know, we quiet a little bit, so I go out there and, and give him a good kiss in his head. And he wake up and he start laughing and having a good time and do good for us. And he enjoyed. <laughs> Everybody enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who
2: was your best friend on the team back then? Who was your best friend?
4: Well, you know, I think everybody was good team. We're not talking about Teddy Poole. Teddy Poole was great guys, and, and you know, it's everybody. I have a good time with everybody, you know, and and I, I was a good teammate. You know, I, I played the game for, to win it, and, uh, I, and I never had problems with no, no one. You know, I get along good with everybody. And, and But, you know, my best friend, Alan Actually was a great guy. Craig Reynolds all those years, and... There was a lot of those pictures. that, you know, pictures that live a lot of different mentalities. You know, those days, I remember that we had to go out eat together. Everybody, you know, we go eat dinner together. We had to have lunch sometime, breakfast together. A lot of those guys together. So, you know, we get along good. You know, I can not complain. Like I can say I love all those guys in that years, and, and I'm glad that you know we get we get a chance to get together. And they we had those days there that we call You know. Everybody and get together. Larry Decker was great to us too. Larry Decker was—I used to call Larry Decker my baby because (laughs) Larry, you know, when I was on vacation in Kima, I remember my house. I remember that year when when Larry take the you know the Jazz as a coach. I'm a manager for the Astros. He called me and he was the guy giving the news that I want to be a coach again. I come back as a coach with Larry Decker. So that was the best thing happened to me too. I come back as a coach and I was having the greatest time ever as a coach. You know, I got a chance to be with uh, those two guys, guys—Great uh, Beechlin, Jeff Bagwell, Caminetti, and all the bunch of guys that they were super guy, Lance Berman. And uh, I had a great time ever, even when I was, Alou was there, Moses Salud, and they were Carlos Lees later on. And, oh man, that was, that was a wonderful time with the, all those guys. Well, you
2: were a part of the first <laughs> nine Astros postseason teams three as a player six as a coach Uh, you were the team mvp four different times you hit 306 times when you retired after 1988 you had the club records in games at bats hits total bases and triples you still have the club record in triples with 80 by a long shot tremendous career now that you reflect on all of this what stands out to you about your career?
4: Well, I think, uh, you know, I, I got a great career. And, you know, the only thing is, uh, I wish I played more years with the Astros because I only played 13 years. And a couple of years that I don't play regular. So I could have a better, maybe better years. I play more, better numbers. I play more a year with the Astros, like maybe 17 years. Well, my career could be a lot better number. But I'm happy with my career. You know what? We're going to say that. I only got one right now. So far, I think uh, I only have the record of triple. I know for sure mm-hmm. the Tuber and, and uh, who knows who works, Maybe Bretman. All those guys gonna break the record because you know they're young and they probably play here a long time. I don't know if they play a long time, like all those guys like Bijou and Bagward. But uh, you know, like I said, for my for me, I have a great career. I, I say I don't look back and. I'm happy what God gave me and uh, I'm happy that I stay all my life, my career here in Houston. Almost like I said, 88, like I could have finished with the Astros, but, you know, that's part of the game that, that I had to finish with the Yankees. And uh, God, I'm glad that I come back and be a coach and continue being an the Astros. Uh, what can I say? I'm, I'm just... How you say? I don't even say, I don't know how to say it. En espanol, bueno, el los mejores momentos de mi vida en Houston, Texas. Los fanáticos, los mejores del mundo para mí, porque fueron donde me quisieron mucho y me siguen queriendo los fanáticos aquí en Houston. Los astros de Houston. Really happy with the astros. Well, that's what I say. I'm really, people treat me pretty good. All the people, and uh, I'm especially the fans, they are really still remember me. and. Even anywhere, everywhere that I go in the ballpark, from the first floor to the top, the top floor, when I go at that, everybody say hello to me. So that's the best decision I've been making in my life because the fans, we had a fan, you know, it's not life. I think that the fans, is the one that really proud, my fans. Well, Cheo, it was great catching up with you. Thanks for joining us on Astropod. We hope to see you very soon. Thank you. I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll see you pretty soon, and then thank you for calling me and having me your show. And uh, all thank my fans, the, be patient, and everything going to be okay. So I want to say to the people, I mean, to use a mask every time they come to the ballpark, protect yourself, and watch your hands. Thanks, J.O. Cruz, and thanks, you,
2: thanks to all of you for listening to Astropod. We'll have another Astropod coming your way soon.
1: Hi Astros fans, this is Steve Sparks. Did you know that the team store is open? Well, you do now. And they have those new Nike MLB jerseys. They also have Yeti tumblers, Columbia fishing shirts. Well, how about an Astros Hawaiian shirt? So come see us. The Astros store is open 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. Also, 9 to 2 on Saturday. And while you're at it, Minute Maid Park tours are back. Those tours take place every day of the week. And they even have a special one every Saturday night at 9.30. We call it the Ghost Tour. So don't be a stranger. Come and see us. You can also go to
4: Astros.com.
0: Astros and Yankees are tied at one as we move to the sixth inning. Colin McHugh getting better as the game goes on. He's retired the last eight in a row. Robert Ford and Steve Sparks. Pleased to be joined as we are every Sunday home game in the sixth inning by Hall of Fame broadcaster Milo Hamilton for another edition of Milo's
3: Memories. How you doing, Milo? i'm doing good and i'm anxious to get back and talk about yogi Berra. one of the best yankees of all time right well not only that before i get into the details of his great career let me start by saying yogi was one of my favorite players and people of nearly 70 years in this great game of baseball
0: that's saying something Brett Gardner will lead it off. He's walked and has an RBI single accounting for the Yankees' run. Milo, when did you first meet
1: Yogi Berra? Do you remember?
3: Well, I met him when he was playing for the Yankees and got to really know him when he was here as a bench coach for Lanier. Hmm.
0: Breaking ball misses downstairs to Gardner. Carter will now back up at first. Valbuena still in at third, 1-0, and Gardner lifts his right field fairly deep. It backs up Santana, still going back on the warning track, has room, makes the catch, two steps in front of the wall, and Gardner is the first out of the inning.
1: Just got in on his hands just enough where he wasn't able to shoot that out of this ballpark. We know how that feels. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Here's
0: Chase Headley. He's 0 for 2 with a strikeout and a popout.
3: Before Yogi Bear entered the big leagues, he was a young Navy seaman who was in the amphibious invasion of Normandy into France.
0: First pitch to Headley. Bounced back to the screen.
3: Being a part of that great invasion, we might never heard about Yogi.
0: But thank the goodness we did, right? <laughs> Three infielders on the right side. Here comes the 0-1. That's high and away for our ball.
3: And one of my favorite pictures is of Yogi and Babe Ruth. (laughs) Before a Yankee game in New York in the late 50s. Right after Yogi had joined the club.
0: 1-1 is grounded foul right side.
3: Yogi got to the big leagues in 1946 as a young catcher. And they couldn't get him out of there. That's how good he was. And he played a lot of games in the outfield, too. Well, when he first came up, the Yankees still had
0: Bill Dickey, Hall of Fame catcher in his own right. And so they they still wanted to find a way to get Yogi Berra some playing time. As Hedley's waiting for a 1-2, here it is. Grounded foul right side. Tony Pena having to skip out of the way, Yankees' first base coach.
3: They said, we, we've got to use him somewhere with that bat. Yeah. And he was the best bad ball hitter of all time. You can talk about any of them. You can talk about the guys that did it. Yogi Berra was the best at getting a hit when it meant something from the seventh inning on. 1-2 is hit back into the screen. Pitch in on Headley's hands. You know, it's something
1: to be said for those RBI guys that, that need to expand that strike zone a little bit with uh, two strikes or whatever. I mean, he could hit pitches off the plate, and that's what made him so good.
3: He had balls over his head for yeah. base hits <laughs> the one game. That sounds
1: like Altuve.
0: <laughs> McHugh delivers, and Headley looks at one on the outside corner mm. for strike three. Got him with the breaking ball. McHugh's seventh strikeout, two out.
3: The 19-year-old will stay with the Yankees, his only team, till 1963. And for a few games in 1965. It must be Rodriguez and I don't have to look. That's right. Yeah,
1: you can hear the fans every time he comes to the plate. Rodriguez 0 for 2.
0: He's grounded out and popped out. McHugh's pitch. And Rodriguez hits it in the center. Late break for Springer. He'll have to play it on a bounce. And Alex Rodriguez is on. With a two-out single, that's career hit number 3,010 for A-Rod, which ties him with Wade Box for 26 all-time.
3: He couldn't do anything about that. That was in front of him, no doubt about it. Yeah, he could have played that into a triple if he'd have
1: gone for that and it gotten by him.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Here's Mark Teixeira. He struck out twice today.
3: Yogi Berra, 19 years as a Yankee. Wow. Amazing. 14 World Series. And in those 14 years... 10 were world champions. That's unbelievable.
1: 10 times World Series champion in 19 years. Five of them in a row.
3: Wow. It's the only ring he wore, by the way. First pitch strike on the inside corner to Teixeira. He only wore one ring. He was the Yankee five in a row with five diamonds in the middle. Mm, that would have been, what, 53, I believe? And he didn't know what it was like to lose.
0: Oh one. one curveball bounces nice stop by Castro
3: and all he did was play in 75 world series
4: games
0: that's incredible to think of now 75 world series games Carter playing behind Rodriguez at first to with a 1-1 count 1-1 score in the top of the six pitch by
3: McHugh that's a fastball off the plate away now Yogi would catch almost 1700 games he have set the record if they hadn't played him 260 in the outfield Mm. (laughs) he played 260 games in the outfield 260 in the outfield 1696 behind the plate pitch misses outside and it's three and one Peter set the record wouldn't he yeah
0: And it was, he was in the outfield when Bill Mazeroski hit oh, that home
3: run. It's the most memorable picture here you want to see. When he stood there and looked out over the fence and Mazeroski's ball was gone.
0: 3-1. Pechera hits it off the hands. Popped out to Altuve who makes the catch. Moving to his left in that shift and the inning is over.
3: McHugh's kindly found it, hasn't he, he? He has. certainly
0: has. You going to stick around, Milo? Oh, I got to. All right. Alex Rodriguez stranded at first after a two-out single, and we go to the bottom of the six. Astros won, Yankees won. Now this from your local station. You want to hear this ridiculous question we got on Twitter, Robert? Sure. The following is a production of...
1: Great news. Astros Radio turned my wife into a fan. Steve Sparks. Robert Ford. She doesn't really like baseball. Should I keep her? That is crazy no don't keep her Robert Ford and Steve Sparks that's ridiculous
0: fielding your baseball questions up her the opinions of Steve Sparks do not reflect the opinions of the Houston Astros radio network the Houston Astros she doesn't like baseball that's silly
2: radio network
0: Domingo Santana Jason Castro and George Springer do up for the Astros in the bottom of the six Astros and Yankees tied at one Michael Pineda has allowed three hits through the first five innings Santana, a strikeout victim his first time, as we're once again joined by Milo Hamilton for another edition of Milo's
3: Memories. And you were talking about Yogi Berra. And the way he could hit. He had 20 or more homers eight different times.
1: That was a spacious ballpark, too. First pitch to Santana,
0: and that's lined in the center field for a nice. base hit. So Domingo Santana with the Astros fourth hit of the day. Astros with the leadoff man on for the first time since the first. Yeah, they've been
1: waiting to get another leadoff hitter on. Santana can run well, too. Has a stolen base in his many attempts so far in his early career. Jason Castro
3: grounded out his first time. And, of course, it all ended up at Cooperstown for Yogi. Mm -hmm. 1972.
0: Astro will face that shift once again with three infielders on the right side Headley a step shy of the grass at third and well off the line Pineda set at the belt now the pitch fastball that's a strike on the outside corner he
3: came to the Astros as a bench coach they felt it because he was a good friend of McMullen no He came to help Hal Lanier, and help him he did.
1: Did he have a prior relationship
3: with Hal Lanier? No, no. no.
1: They just knew that he needed somebody like Yogi. Line foul and out of play left side.
3: And being a great friend of McMullen didn't hurt.
0: No. McMullen, former minority
3: partner with the Yankees, right? Before he came over here as the major owner.
0: probably didn't hurt, too, that at that time Yogi was on the outs with the Yankees. Well, not so much the Yankees, but with George Steinbrenner who had fired him as the manager and over to first base and Santana backstanding.
3: You know, he was a major contributor to putting Vidio at second base.
1: Well, he he was one of the big guys doing that, huh? Matt Galante in on that, too?
3: Well, Matt Galante big time. Right. Because they worked on that little half diamond day and night with a flat glove like a ping-pong pad to I've make him that. hold on to the ball. How about that? You know he's going to be at Cooperstown.
0: Oh two, Fastball. Strike on the outside corner, and Castro goes down looking. That's the fifth strikeout for Pineda. One out with Santana still at first.
3: You know, after Steinberger fired him, mm-hmm. they never spoke for years. Right. He was never invited to the Yankee Old Timers game or Yankee Spring training with the other old timers. Like, where's Yogi? Well, it's because the owner didn't speak to him. George Springer, one for two with a single.
0: Throw to first. Santana dives back.
1: Teixeira had to leave his feet to get that throw. That had to hurt his feelings, though, right? Oh, man. I mean, he was one of the best Yankees of all time getting invited back to be with his old buddies and teammates? I
3: just think he was with Mantle and Maris. Whitey Ford. uh, Woodling. Bauer. Mm. Mm. First pitch to Springer on the inside corner for a strike. It wasn't until Joe D. Joe DiMaggio was on his deathbed and he called Yogi and Mr. Stenbriner into his hospital room and said you're going to bury the hatchet. Before you leave here, I want to know about it. And that's when they became the fastest of friends.
1: Oh, one That's outside. How great is that? Joe DiMaggio set that up, huh?
3: He wasn't going to let him go on and on. Then Yogi was included in all the old Yankee activities. That's where he belonged. Sure. Yeah. But certainly it was great to have him in Houston.
0: 1 1. Sprenger takes one off the plate away.
3: Now, I mentioned the fact that Yogi was instrumental in a lot of things. He was also instrumental in getting Lanier fired. I didn't know that. He said, We can't have a guy around here who talks bad about the GM. He's never managed since, by the way. Mm. And he was the rookie manager of the year.
0: Sprenger ready and waiting for a 2-1 pitch. Astros and Yankees tied at 1 in the bottom of the 6. Pitch on the way, breaking ball, foul tipped and it's dropped by McCann,
3: 2 and 2. Yogi was dumb like a fox. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. He selected New York over the Cardinals. You know why? The Cardinals didn't offer him anything and the Yankees offered him 500.
1: $500 separated what the Cardinals could have had yeah. for all those years, wow.
0: That was money well spent.
3: I think you can tell I knew a little about him. Oh, yeah. He, he was really sharp.
0: 2-2, two, two, misses down and away to run the count Folds to Springer.
3: He just sat around like he was a dummy, and all of a sudden he came up with the right decisions.
0: Yeah. Craig Biggio has said that early in his career he'd sit next to Yogi on the bench and Yogi Berra would say something and then the next inning it would happen and then he'd listen, Yogi would say something else next inning that would happen (laughs) 3-2 swing and a miss, got him on the slider Springer down on strikes. two out with Santana still at first
3: Yogi was a great baseball man indeed he was and a lot of people don't know that he adopted when he and Steinbrenner weren't speaking. He adopted our ball club as his new home. He was very close to Barry Waters and Dennis, our equipment manager, and he came back and sat down in that clubhouse, told those stories. He wanted to be around people that he loved, and he loved being with us until he and Steinbrenner made up. Here's Carlos
0: Correa, one for two with a double, scored on the miscue by Gardner in center. First pitch is a strike, Santana going, throw down to second by McCann is Mm. in time. Second base stealer thrown out by McCann today. He also got Altuve back in the fourth inning.
3: Yogi is 90 now, not doing great. He's in a home. He lost his wife, Carmen, a couple of years ago. He made his friends in St. Louis, he went back every year to see him, ate up on the hill. Yogi Berra, how great he was, and what a great baseball man. Swinging, high fly ball, left field,
2: it's back, it's up, holy Toledo, it's gone. The Astros win, the Astros win again. Holy Toledo, what a finish.
0: Whether it's at the ballpark or at home, that ball's
1: smoked to center field. That is gone. A go-ahead to run home run for Gurmea. Justin Verlander,
0: another exclamation point in a Hall of Fame career. Big moments can happen anywhere. Anywhere. Thanks to all the frontline workers. Thanks to those sacrificing now. It's a Soon, we can cheer together. Together. Stay safe, Houston.